what's up, everything? This is the strangest timeline, and the two teams considered least likely to make the Stanley Cup Finals are the two that we have left. Will the Vegas Magic continue, or will the incredible run of the Capitals finally break the Washington curse? We'll make indecisive statements about that ahead. We'll also continue our discussion of possible Blues trade partners and talk about a whole bunch of league news. The NHL never stops and neither do we, so let's get started and let's go Blues! is the two guys no cup podcast it is thursday may 24th and we are coming at you live well not really live but recorded from the xavier academy for gifted youngsters better known as the x mansion which is home to many many mutant teenagers of which we are neither mutated nor teenagers no 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 no. what's your superpower my superpower is being able to predict that Peter Chiarelli is going to suck at things. <laughs> well, that's no superpower. What's my chosen superpower? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I feel like teleportation. Pretty dope. Mm-hmm. It's better than flying because you just get there, you know? That's true. I've always thought. Except in ca- unless you're Nightcrawler and you have to go through the poop demon world, then it's not so great. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's just a nightmare for him, like every half a second <laughs> that he has to teleport? Yeah. <laughs> or you just get used to it. So now what's yours? Mm, I always like Colossus and just like turn into oh, metal. Yeah, just untouchable. Yeah. Unless you meet that one chick from Deadpool. Which I saw this week. No, folks, not the second one. The original <laughs> one, which I saw for the first time. And it was quite fun. Mm-hmm. It was good. It's a it good was, romp. I think it was, I expected maybe a little more because people were like, that was really good. And I was like, oh, this is going to be dope. And it was it was fun. I mean, it was just fun. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like amazing fun. And also in the in the you know shadow of Infinity War, yeah. which I thought was dope, there was bound to be a little little bit of a letdown. But I really liked it, and I'm excited to see the second one now, which we will do eventually. Uh, anything else you want to talk about from your personal life? Never. You want to talk about any of your several marriages that are going on? <laughs> just, just crumbling. <laughs> I got three going real strong, but this fourth one. <laughs> Such trouble. Uh, you just uh, can't make it work when you don't see eye to eye. No, and speaking of not seeing eye to eye, I certainly don't see eye to eye with the San Jose Sharks, <laughs> who signed Evander Kane. Uh, what are we grading that transition, by the way? <laughs> oh. D, B plus? Sure, we'll give it a B. Okay. Uh, Evander <laughs> Kane was signed by the Sharks. Uh, for $7 million per year for the next seven years. He is, I didn't look this up ahead of time, so I'm going to make it up and say 25 years old. He's like uh, 26, 27, you're 26. close. He's 26. Yeah. He'll be 27 this summer, though. So he'll be 34, 33 by the time it's over. Um, they traded for him, of course, at the trade deadline in a deal with Buffalo. Uh, it's very interesting. It's a very interesting test case in what one good month of hockey will do for you because this was a guy who was considered such toxin that no team even really wanted him 
at the deadline and the Sharks got him for nothing. Mm. And then now they're paying him $49 million to uh, play for them for the next few years. So this is interesting on a number of levels. Of course, one of the factors here is that I believe they now owe Buffalo a first-round pick rather than a second-round pick because I think that was the condition on the yeah. uh, pick that they gave up. So I kind of expected that to be a no-go for Buffalo. Yeah, I didn't think that was going to happen. And I wonder if maybe they did at the time, so maybe it's great news for Jim Botterill and the Buffalo Sabres. But for everybody else involved, I, I was surprised by this, I have to say. Uh, the Sharks are considered a team with lots of money to play with this offseason, but I didn't expect them to play with it in this way. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the signing? Was it the last podcast or sometime earlier where you mentioned you kind of graded contracts by the million for every like 10 points somebody mm-hmm. scores? That's kind of my general rule yeah. of thumb. Yeah. So I've been looking at this like he's, I don't just don't think he's a 70 point player, mm-hmm. maybe 60 on a really good team. And this is a good team. It's a team that's stable, that's got, like, good leadership and everything, so I don't know if that helps him in his sort of checkered past where he's had problems in locker rooms before, but it does seem... checkered. Yeah. (laughs) It seems like a lot for someone that's kind of an issue within teams. Maybe they've talked with them and they think it's a non-issue at this point. And he can be a good scorer, but I'm not paying $7 million to someone that has a lot of question marks around him. Yeah. Especially even in just production, which is what you should be paying him for. I just don't know if he gets up that high mm-hmm. to be earning that amount of money. Something else to think about, too, with San Jose, and we might touch on this a little later, too, um, is they now have about $7.5 million in projected cap space yeah. moving forward. That, if that holds true, is probably, we're going to say, not enough to sign a John Tavares. No, and we will talk about that very shortly. I think the the interesting thing about the the point ratio thing that you're talking about that I made up is that yeah, good uh, they, he scored 54 points last year, um, which was not a career high because he'd have 57 in his third season, his first season in Winnipeg. Um which I can't believe he played six seasons for that franchise between Atlanta and Winnipeg, which Mm -hmm. is, man, NHL is weird. It does not seem like it's possible this guy's been in the league for eight years. But um, in any case, he scored 54 points last year, but 14 of those were in the 17 games he played with the Sharks, which is, what, about a, not a point-per-game pace, but it's probably about somewhere between 60 and 70. Um I just don't think that's a big enough of a sample size to be like, okay, he's suddenly now a a 70-point-a-year player because he plays here. Mm. Um, I wouldn't be happy if the Blues signed this, that's for sure. Certainly not. And And I do think, you know, you can say that, well, they've got the structure and the leadership and the veteran presence to keep him in line, and I don't even like talking about him in that way, but we all know the rumors of his conduct issues and the feuds he had with Dustin Bufflin and things. But, like, some of that can't be long for San Jose. I mean, Joe Thornton can't have more than a season or two left. Joe Pavelski's 34 and about to be a free agent, like, uh, well, about to be after next year, I think. So, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. It's just, it's not the player I would make this commitment to. 
Um, with that said, as the cap increases and contracts grow, if he actually becomes a point, not point per game, but like a 70 or even 65 point player, mm-hmm. and, you know, a, a good ratio of those are goals, you know, maybe 40, 35 goals, then this will look like a steal in a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit of a gamble for them, but one you can sort of understand. And as you said, uh, the Sharks were considered a big front runner for John Tavares, but that is looks like it may be off the rails a little bit, which brings mm-hmm. us to our favorite returning segment, Tavares Watch 2018. Um, yeah, so Kane is now in San Jose, uh, but the bigger news that directly applies to John Tavares himself uh, is the official move, I think we'd hinted at it before, of Lou Lamorello, the erstwhile uh, New York Islanders general manager, or excuse me, the erstwhile Toronto Maple Leafs general manager, uh, who is now moving to be the president of hockey operations for the New, New York Islanders. Um, he's kind of taking over a role Garth Snow had, and I, I don't, they don't seem to be firing Garth Snow. Which is weird. I think Garth Snow's GM, but I mean, that means that... But he's not, right? Like, he answers to Lou Lamarillo Well, yeah, so he, yeah, hockey operations and their setup, at least, and maybe every setup is above the GM, Mm -hmm. but you're not the owner, you're just, like, the super GM. I mean, for St. Louis fans who know the Cardinals, it's similar to what they did with John Mazalak last year where they promoted him and they hired a general manager, well, promoted a general manager from within, mm-hmm. but, like, Mazalak's still the figurehead. I would expect that to be the same for Lou Lamorello, and he's certainly not taking orders from any friggin' Garsh Snow, that's for <laughs> sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, an interesting move. We talked about recently how Lamorello's 75 now, uh... But I guess he just has the love for the game and doesn't mm-hmm. want to stop. I understand that. If you're still feeling good, go for it. But um, this is definitely a lot of rumor and innuendo about this being a big move in the Tavares sweepstakes and kind of New York's desperate play to keep Tavares, depending on how desperate you want to look at it. I think it's a good move for their front office, regardless of mm-hmm. if Tavares stays or not. But... Um, the rumors would tell you that Lamorello contacted Tavares before this was made official. Which is tampering. Which is tampering. But who cares? It's very confusing. It's either tampering because he was a Toronto Maple Leaf, but if he was talking to him on behalf of the New York Islanders, I don't know if it's tampering, but... If he wasn't a New York Islander, it's very confusing. Uh, tampering happens um, all the time. Just no one gets yeah, caught or cares. Exactly. Right. But, um, yeah, in any case, if that discussion did happen, it would certainly seem to indicate that his coming increases the likelihood of John Tavares staying on mm-hmm. the island a lot of people would tell you it guarantees it. I really do not buy that at all. Um, I think he needs to have a picture of what they're going to do with their consecutive first-round picks, uh, what they plan to build around. I, if, if I was John Tavares, I would not be staying in that city unless I had a really clear plan of attack of what they're going to build around me. Because, look... 
anybody can pay you the money, right? And and hockey has this weird tendency of people staying where they are just because it's where they are, you know? Uh, Greg Wyshynski talks about, like, people don't want to move in hockey. They don't want to move their stuff. Uh, it's a lot of equipment. Yeah, it is a lot of equipment. Um but that just doesn't make sense to me to stay on a team that can't even like figure out what the frickin's arena is gonna be. <laughs> like, there's so there's so much of a mess in New York, and they had him for seven years, and couldn't figure anything out. Just more than seven years, I think, eight nine years, and couldn't build anything that resembled a contender in that time. And if your concern is really winning, I don't know why Lou Lamorello makes that much of a difference. But I think you think it makes more of a difference than I do, so why don't you talk about why you may mm. think that? I just, and that wasn't me saying, tell us why you're wrong. I'm uh, really curious. Why don't you step into my trap? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just probably... I think we're both fairly cynical when it comes to the sport. Uh-huh. We'll get to that later. But, um, oh, <laughs> but I think... It would be too good to be true, too fun to have John Tavares reach free agency and go anywhere, really. I mean, whether it be the Blues or Canadians or anything, I just think it's too fun of a storyline for that to happen. So I just Mm -hmm. feel like boring old Lou Lamorello came down to the New York Islanders, told John Tavares his big plan, John Tavares being a a hockey kid from Toronto goes, okay, Mr. Lou, that sounds good to me. <laughs> and then is just going to stay there because he's not thinking straight. But I I think it's more like Lou's judging what Tavares wants, and then from there he can decide what he's going to do with the team, if that makes sense. So it's, yeah. it's a pitch to stay, but then Tavares gets to say, well, what are you going to do for the New York Islanders? And then he pitches it, and then Tavares goes, nah, I'm not liking it. And then that means it gives Lou Lamarillo like free reign to just tear the team apart and do what he did in Toronto, just ice Brad Boys on the first line or whatever, and you know go for all the picks, go for tanking again. But I don't think he wants to do that. I think he knows it's going to take a while. Uh, I think he knows what age he is at seventy-five, so I think he's going to try harder to make this a quick turnaround. They've got Matthew Barzell there. They've got the eleventh and twelfth pick in this year's draft in the first round, I think he's going to try and pitch, hey, we're not that far off, John. Why don't you stay? It's just a matter of what John and his his, uh, agent think. I'm hoping they don't bite because it's, like you said, I don't see it working out for them there. And when it does, I think he's going to be really old. He's going to be like the old figurehead. And, I mean, winning's winning, but you're not really going to be the guy doing it for them, I Mm -hmm. think, by the age he will be by the time they're good again. Yeah. So, yeah, John, just leave. I just, like, I think there was a discussion on the Steve Dangle podcast. They're obviously big Maple Leafs fans, and we need to talk about what what all's going on out there a little bit, too. But um, there was a discussion on there where Steve Dangle basically said, I don't think Lee Lamorello takes this job unless Tavares, he knows Tavares is staying. And the other two guys on the show mm-hmm. disagreed with him. And I, I lean more to their side yeah, because, as, as you said, there's a lot there that's interesting to build with. They've got two decent first-round picks this year that you can either draft or trade. They've got Matthew Barzell, who was incredible mm-hmm. this year. They've got Josh Bailey extended. I think they touched on the fact, and I don't know if it is if they signed Tavares or not, but they were thinking about 
even a Koval truck possibly mm-hmm. coming and being on the Islanders. So that's interesting in and of itself. Yeah, for sure. And so I don't know that that means that. Um, but man, I just it it's definitely it definitely puts New York back in the running strongly for Tavares when I kind of thought mm-hmm. they were there as a fallback, but he'd have to really not fall in love with any <laughs> yeah. of the other cities to stay. Um, but whether it makes them a strong contender, I'm just not convinced it does. Kevin Kurz, by the way, who's the Sharks uh, writer for The Athletic, I was just doing some research as you were talking, because that's how professional we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> He he mentioned he doesn't think that signing Kane precludes them making a move for Tavares, which I just, eh. it's true, but I don't know if I really believe that. Well, on 31 Thoughts, they not mentioned that the Blackhawks were a possible candidate for Tavares. Yeah, exactly. And like, how? And the Penguins, he says the Penguins yeah. several times. It's just like, yes, everyone wants Once, John yeah. Tavares. Yeah, I'm going to kick Duh. the tires on John yeah, Tavares. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yes. Goy. And the people keep talking about, well, would he take a one-year max deal to play for a contender and then do this again? And it's like, no. No, 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 Because no no one has ever done that. And that's like... (laughs) That's a fun fantasy. It doesn't happen, but you could destroy your knee, you know? You could probably favorite Mm. in a a worse way and never play again, and then you just left... $68 $68 million on the table or whatever. Like, it's not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't have more specific to say about Tavares, so I guess we can conclude mm-hmm. Tavares watched 2018. The dream's still alive. <laughs> but uh, I think there's dovetail with this conversation about what's going on in uh, Toronto with Kyle Dubas, the 32-year-old GM being hired there, mm-hmm. Uh, from, who had been the GM of the Toronto Marlies, yep. is that correct? Uh, which I don't know what that role entails, but apparently it's more than just yes manning the GM of the I big guess. club. Yeah. Um, but kind of had been being groomed as Brendan Shanahan's future GM um, in the Shanna plan. Uh, but they had a couple of guys there. One, obviously, Lou Lamorello, who had been the temporary GM, who it was expected would be replaced by Dubas after his three-year period and had been. And then the other one, the other name you need to know is Mark Hunter. Is that yep. correct? Uh, who um, was the scouting director, basically, for... Uh, their team, and also the owner of, like, the London Knights or the Hamilton Bulldogs or yeah, somebody. Yeah, something weird. weird. I think it's London like, Knights. Yeah, yeah, he's, like, the owner of an OHL team. I know it was because they were talking about, on 31 Thoughts, how the Knight or the Maple Leafs were linked with Robert Thomas, who was a London Knight at the time last year. So, um, so Mark Hunter, anyway, has been is supposedly the brilliant mind behind drafting Mitch Marner and... Um, some of the other guys that they've drafted really well in the past few years. And Mark Hunter is an older, more established, like longer term, uh, solid hockey guy type of person. Uh, and the rumor was that he wouldn't tolerate being superseded for this job, even though the writing's been on the wall for a while by a younger guy like um, Dubis. And it appears that that's the case now <laughs> because. Uh, I don't know how official it is, but the word is that Mark Hunter's on the way out. Uh, he doesn't have a job necessarily lined up, so go get him, Doug Armstrong. I don't know. Sure, what why do, not? But, uh, yeah. 
I'm sure he'll he'll have he'll find no shortage of suitors out there. Um, the positive way to read this, the way I think Steve Dangle as as kind of the you know face of Toronto fandom, our Leafs correspondent, yes, our Leafs correspondent. Uh, the way he would he would read it is the Shanahan regime made a bold move and plotted their path forward and Lou Lamorello and Mark Hunter decided they didn't want to be part of that and now we beat the drum and move forward and we're it's unfortunate to lose them but it's a cost of doing business sort mm-hmm. of situation. I don't know if I see it quite that positively. I I don't know if it's as simple as you lose two great hockey minds like Lou Lamorello and Mark Hunter, and you say, oh, well, whatever, we'll bring him Ron Francis and Bill Armstrong. I don't know. That was the name that was discussed on 31 Thoughts. Whoever, you know, and we just, yeah. we're just off and running again. Uh, what do you, what's your read on that since you follow the Maple Leafs a little closer than I do? I don't think it's as big a deal as I think, like, media would want to make it. I know Lou Lamorello is going to be a senior advisor. That was the plan. And then he left. But it seemed like everyone kind of half knew he was going to leave anyways. Mm -hmm. They had sort of already made well with that thought. Mark Hunter, I think, was a little bit more of a surprise because I know Steve Dangle and I think Toronto Media were talking about, like, there's, you know, Dubas being younger is going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. Like, Mark Hunter will be fine with that. And I think he would be, but I think... I think it had more to do with he thought he deserved that job, Exactly. I don't think it was a... I don't think it's like, I can't answer to this guy. Yeah, I don't think he dislikes Dubas either. I think it's kind of interesting because that was sort of the three-year plan. Uh I think there's some famous quote from Lou Lamorello saying, like, if... Kyle Dubas isn't ready to be the GM in three years, then it's his fault or Uh, something. So, I mean, they pretty much stuck to the plan. So hopefully Mark Hunter's leaving going, oh, okay, what they said is happening happened, so that's mm. cool, rather than being surprised that, like, what? I can't believe it. He's a a good hockey mind. He's a good, trusted hockey man. I think, like you said, he'll find a job in the league, whether it be a GM or something or a scout. I I think he'll be a GM... By this time next year, mm-hmm. probably. I'd love to have him in like a blue system just mm-hmm. to have around. I think having one more great scout would be great. I think I read somewhere that I think it might have just been a fan. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt that like the blues have like a scouting team that's like insane intense that they sit through these meetings for like drafting. And it's like one of the craziest ones in terms of like how serious they yeah, take Robert it across the NHL. So yeah, yeah. I think the Blues take that stuff very seriously, so I think it would be amazing to see a Mark Connor in there. But he also seems like a guy that wants to move up, so I don't know how much Is Doug Armstrong already our president of hockey operations? He is, isn't he? I think he's both, yeah. Yeah, because that would be kind of a thing you could do where you could do the promotion with him and then make Mark Mm -hmm. Connor your GM, but... Uh, that's that's not going to happen with them. <laughs> I don't I don't want someone. I never want to hear the t- words in waiting ever again. Oh no, that's worked out poorly. They're for us. cancer. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, it'll be interesting to see. Toronto has something of a three headed monster out there. I am not as confident about their future as Toronto fans are. I think because I see. Brendan Shanahan, and I see Mike Babcock, and now I see Kyle Dubas, and I'm like, 
Uh, How are those guys going to totally coexist? Uh, they mm. won't totally coexist, but like, is the tension going to lead to better mm. decisions? Like them fighting, like Mark Hunter fighting uh, Mike Babcock and choosing Mitch Marner over Noah Hannafin, which was obviously the right choice in hindsight. Or is it going to be, you know, mm-hmm. a situation like we'll see, we'll talk about in just a second in Carolina where it could really go south. I don't know, time will tell, but it is interesting story to follow. And they're obviously the, the NHL market to end all NHL markets in some sense. So uh, we'll hear no shortage of coverage and discussion on it in the Twitter sphere. Did you have anything more you wanted to say about that? Or should we talk about the train wreck that is uh, the, <laughs> the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, we didn't talk about last week, although I think the news had broke, that Rob Brendamore is going to be their head coach next season, which isn't a shocking surprise because he's been an assistant coach and he's obviously a legend for the team. He's supposed to be a pretty good coach i think he could be obviously a former blue for those of you who may not be aware uh we've got so many great players that were blues at some point brendan shanahan's one too hooray Um, it just doesn't matter uh uh, so uh, rob brendamore coming in is not in itself a problem uh but he had some telling quotes in an interview with greg greg and I just I think Tom Dundon, who's the new owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, is going to destroy this franchise. Uh, the quote <laughs> is this: Rob Brendamore said, "I come into this and I know what's going to happen. Tom's going to want to be involved in everything. He's going to be down in the coach's office every day that he's around, Ugh. and that's okay. We talked about it. I get this is how it's going to work. I think we'll be able to work together well. I'm just going to have to show him why we shouldn't do what he wants to do." He wants to put a guy in and play him here, and everyone knows it's not the best decision. I've got to show him why. I've got to let him know, and that he's, and then he is fine. Wow. I'm just like, oh. so Tom Dundon <laughs> is a man who, and I don't say this to disparage his character necessarily, but he made his money in predatory loans. Like a hundred percent. That that's like where oh, his really? money comes from. Yeah, he's the like CEO of a company that's called Santander. That is like a you know pe- people that basically benefited off the yeah. bubble. I'm honestly learning so much. Loans. Well, there I you didn't go. know that. Uh, so so I I don't want to say he's sleazy, but uh. he has a sleazy <laughs> history. Um, his line of work is. Uh, questionable at best, (laughs) right? Um, And I just, he's not a hockey person. Like, it's awesome. It's awesome that he wanted to own, he loves hockey and he wanted to own a team and he bought the Hurricanes and he's keeping them in Carolina. That's great. That's wonderful. Do it. Good. Cool. But that's not your business. That's not, and uh, Tom Stillman Maybe is almost too silent. I don't know. But, like, I'm glad that he's not in friggin' Mike Yo's office saying, I really think Dmitry Askin should be on the first line tonight and not Vladimir Tarasenko or, or whatever mm-hmm. he would say. You know, like, he's a huge fan. He's a huge fan of the Blues, which I don't even know if Dundon was, like, a Hurricanes fan or just wanted a team and that's who was available. 
Uh, but as as nearly as I can tell, Stoneman signs the checks. He tells them how much they can spend. I mean, I'm sure he does more than that, but he's not like telling Doug Armstrong who to go get or that or this, that, or the other. I just, oh, I am so scared for the Hurricanes franchise, and they're teetering on the brink of extinction at all times anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> That Rob Brindamore quote is so weird. I mean, I get it why he says it, but it's such a weird thing because it almost sounds like he's saying it hoping that, like, Dundon doesn't Here's read it, it doesn't, or doesn't read yeah. it because it's, like, it's a reassurance to fans. Like, hey, I know he wasn't real involved in Wink Wink Nudge Nudge. That's fine. But don't worry. I'll try and keep him under control. Right. Fans, you you know, it's... If that's already your message then, before the season starts, that's bad. Yeah. Before you've, like, managed a practice, You're you already know having that's a, happening. Oh, boy. And this is the guy, I mean, we talked about, he forced out Ron Francis, who is a, a franchise lesson, legend. I mean, not really a Carolina legend. He's more of a Hartford, Hartford right, yeah. legend. But um, they the, he hired Don Waddell, who's the team president, and made him the GM as well. And I think he's probably a yes man a little bit. Uh, Eric Dehotchik, I'm guessing, of The <laughs> Athletic, uh, said, Under this structure, Dundon imagines he will want to be apprised of every move, which is more hands-on than most NLG- NHL GMs are comfortable with. But it is his money, and he is entitled to know where it's going. Which, yeah, but that's not how it works. Like you, it, I think there are so many analogs to this in the world where it's like you can buy a thing and if you don't know how to use the thing, you shouldn't tell people how to, I I don't have a good analogy, but like if you're investing in stocks and you Mm -hmm. have a stockbroker, you don't tell him what to buy and what to sell because you hired him to be the guy that does that. Yeah, exactly. Right? So like, I just don't think, yes, you're entitled to know where your money is going if you're an NHL owner, but I could really see this going badly for the Carolina Hurricanes. This could be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Maybe they move, you know. Maybe they're the Quebec Nordiques sooner rather than later. Yeah, it really could be. It depends on how, you know, if Dundon doesn't get his way and then sours with the... Or, you know, I mean, he could just buy them or keep them and move them to a different city. Yeah, whatever whatever makes him money. Yeah, I'm just a little worried about that franchise, which I don't have a strong connection to. But Rob Brindamore, by the way, uh huh, was Rob the Bro- Bod Brindamore. Yeah, was traded to the Philadelphia Flyers from the Blues with Dan Quinn in exchange for Murray Barron and Ron Suter. I don't Wait. know Ron Sutter. I don't know if that's good. I think it was bad. I think so too. It's the Blues. It was probably bad. Older fans, if you listen, older fan, let us know. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I feel like it was bad. I feel like that was not good, but that's just my guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of guys named Quinn, the Quinn, the Rangers hired David Quinn of Boston University. A plus. Uh, thank you. Uh, David Quinn was the head coach of Boston University, which is the latest in a, in a fairly long streak of, or a relatively long streak by NHL standards of coaches coming in from college. Uh, which had been kind of a apparently it's not common, yeah, in the NHL recently. Uh, but he and Jim Montgomery both now are hired from the college ranks. What do you know about David Quinn, Ian? Uh, he was hired by New York Rangers. Check. Um, 
He's 51. And moving on. <laughs> he's 51 years old. He spent five years coaching Boston University. Um, he used to be an assistant for the Avalanche a while ago. I want to say 11, 12, sometime when Joe Sacco was there. So not necessarily when they were good. And he was actually selected 13th overall in 1984 by the Minnesota North Stars. Uh, his young career, though, was disrupted by a blood disorder that had him spent most of his career in the AHL sort of bouncing around. So Yikes. an unfortunate career, sort of sidetracked by health problems. But in general, supposedly, I think we've said this like five times now, a great hockey mind. I think he's one of those guys that New York was looking really hard at. It sounds like the Rangers really wanted like a fresh face. I mean, there's a couple different guys out there that are retreads. You could hire a Dan... Bilesma, you could hire, you know, do they already have Lindy Ruff in their frame? And I think I Lindy think Ruff is already on the bench. Yeah. They could have promoted Lindy Ruff, but instead they went out and got a guy. <laughs> they could have just said, screw it, and brought Elaine Vigneault right Yeah, back. like, why not? They go, we made a mistake. <laughs> uh, they could have got Ken Hitchcock out of retirement, I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure that was, I'm I'm like 20% sure that was a re- real option oh, that yeah. they considered for some dumb reason. Uh-huh. No facts, but... Yeah, I think it's a great hiring just because it's someone new. I know he coached as an assistant for a while in the NHL, but it's good to see a fresh face. And I think on 31 Thoughts, they were mentioning that it's nice to see the NHL grabbing coaches from the NCAA because these are guys that coach younger players, and it's increasingly becoming a younger and younger league. Mm-hmm. It's You want someone that can connect with a prospect or some a rookie right away rather than be this you know older guy that's trying to force them to adapt to this weird nhl adult game yeah i think it helps so that you can transition them along and be like hey i know you know i know where you came from and I, it's just going to take a while and mm-hmm. i think player coaches coaches yeah. who if they don't know how to play it at least know what Fortnite is yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly you need people like barry trotz who uh i think the other day did a lap or something, yeah. like tried to do the fastest lap uh-huh. on the ice. And I don't think that guy played he hockey. Propelled his team to victory. Yeah, that guy didn't play hockey at all, like period. Oh, that's awesome. I'm As far as I know, didn't play juniors or nothing. That's awesome. He's like if I got real good at coaching. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Barry Trotz. The, the dream's Give still alive. Barry. <laughs> um, uh, no, no. I was going to say, it's just good to see a new face. We've talked about before that retreads are just kind of boring. Yeah, and, and according to... Elliot Friedman, that was really the goal in mm-hmm. New York, was they wanted a new guy, which is exciting. It's a surprise for a team that's, I don't know, that's a big franchise. That's pretty much the number one American franchise in terms of just profit alone. Mm-hmm. So probably viewership, too, where it's like that they're willing to go, you know what, we'll go with a kind of unknown, and we'll kind of, we'll sort of rebuild with them. It's interesting that they have went with him for like a rebuild, because yeah. they might, it might not be like a full long one, but it's definitely going to be you know, a couple of years before they're, like, a really good team again, I would guess. It's definitely in keeping with the letter they sent out last year about... Which, like, super props to them yeah. for that. Like, that takes a lot of balls to be like, look, fans, we suck. Yeah. <laughs> and we're yeah. going to keep sucking, but we promise we'll be better. A hundred percent. So we go from David Quinn to the last piece of league news, which we'll just touch on quickly. Uh, a team that did hire a trusted hockey man... Um, which is the uh, Winnip- not Winnipeg, Minnesota Wild hired Paul Fenton, uh, who was 10 years the assistant GM for the Predators uh, as their new general manager to replace Chuck Fletcher. Um, a little bit of poo-pooing the old administration from 
Craig Leopold at the press conference, which you can hear more about on 31 Thoughts and other podcasts, I'm sure. Uh, I think it's a fine hire by the Wild. It's definitely an improvement over stale old Chuck Fletcher can't win a playoff series. <laughs> but they won't win any playoff series as long as Bruce Boudreaux is there. So now at least That's they true. can focus on that as their next hiring. <laughs> uh, I don't have Good any point. more to say about that. Do you? No, I think he was just he was one of those guys in the pool of like soon to be GMs for a long time, so it just seemed like it was gonna happen yeah. one every I don't know, couple of times they fired a GM, it's like, well, this guy's I, there. I just hope not that I want the wild to be good, but I want David Poyle to be discredited because he's not very good. So I hope that like <laughs> he was the brains behind David Poyle and now David Poyle just collapses into Oh, a, without him in Nashville. Like a pool of his own vomit. David Poyle's the been the only GM in Nashville, right? I yes. think he is. Yeah. And until wow. like what, three or four years ago, Barry Trotz had been the only coach mm-hmm. until whenever he left. Mm-hmm. So it's only been those three, I and guess. It took that team a while to get good. They were never good. That They were so mediocre that <laughs> entire time. An interesting, an interesting thought for later. Just interesting. <laughs> it's a good discussion. Mm. Uh, we'll, t- we'll talk about it. Oh, we will. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about some blues news. That's what you really came for. Yeah, I That's just realized it's it been like take half an 37 hour. <laughs> minutes to hear it. Uh, blues had a summer sale this past week. Let's go blues. That was fun. Um, we went. There's some pictures up on our Twitter account at Two Guys No Cup. If you don't follow us, what's wrong with you? Just do it. But I'm sure you do. Um, People have busy lives. They can't click just that follow click the button. Follow. Make up other accounts and follow us with. Those. Yeah, we don't care. Uh, Porn bot, go yeah, for it. Hey, you know, just get that number up. Smash that like button. We Tell love your you. friends on Facebook. You know, all the rave. Uh, so yeah, summer <laughs> sale was fun. We went. I came home with a couple of mystery pucks. They're not a mystery to me anymore. But that's what they were at the time Who'd you get? and uh i believe i got paul stastny and patrick bergwin which mm-hmm. even though neither may be on the team in a couple weeks <laughs> uh, i think is pretty good i was pretty happy with that and i believe who did you get you got two as well i got Billy huso and then we thought the other one was Jaden schwartz but someone got that puck that same signature and put it on Reddit because they were asking what it was. Uh-huh. And people were saying Zach Sanford because ever since Latera oh, left, he's 12. He's 12. And they're right. I looked at it and it looks like Zach Sanford. So, Ooh, yay. That's a downgrade. That's, that's a hard stiff oh, downgrade. No. Uh, but, <laughs> hey, you know, Billy Huso is pretty cool. So, mm. um, I'm just... <laughs> Roll the know, dice. You know, you know, it'll go right up with your Ivan Barber show. <laughs> I All got so many. that I got you when we were so hyped on that kid and now... I'm still hyped. Yes, he will pull through. He will be a hero. Uh, we both got a captain's uh, poster, which I'm looking at, which is pretty cool, which I think was a, a giveaway one mm-hmm. night. But we got him for five bucks, which is cheaper than tickets. Yeah. I mean, not cheaper than the experience of going to a game, but still cool. Hey, it could have been a loss. And then you got the Bret Hart. Or Bret Hart. Wow. I'm all over the map tonight. <laughs> Bret Hull poster. That's uh, pretty cool, yeah. Framed, not really a poster, framed whatever. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool, though. It was cool. You should put it picture of that on twitter because it was dope uh so that was fun it was uh crowded and we went the season ticket holder night so for those of you who went saturday morning we tried to do that last year and gave up 
am yeah, there were too we many care people. enough to start a podcast. So uh, I'm, I'm very happy when I see that that many people are invested in going to that sort of thing. And I know a lot of them are just buying stuff en masse to resell at higher prices, which is kind of a bummer to me. I almost wish they had some sort of like item limit so that they could crack down on that a little bit. But it's understandable. Um they want to sell the stuff and clear the space. I get that. Yeah. Uh, but that was fun. Um, do you have anything else to say about that? I think it's cool that they sell pads. Oh, yeah. It because... was cool. There was one pair of Maple Leafs pants, which oh, was yeah. interesting. Uh, I, I theorized that maybe Sashnikov brought them over, who we're about to talk about. Or maybe they were just forgotten. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, they're, they're Steen because they're the old logo. They're the old Toronto Maple Leafs logo. He's just Adam, and he's like, "Hey, can you guys get rid of these for me?" It's one of those things where do you ever keep something like a receipt, and you're like, "I might have to return this someday," Uh, and And then then it just sits there forever. Seven years ago, yeah, he's like, "Well, you never know. I might get traded back to the Maple Leafs." I've got saved the dates on my fridge from weddings that were two years ago, and I'm like, "I could recycle those," and I'm like, "Nah." Yeah, he's like, "Who knows when I'll be back in Toronto (laughs) playing for that team with the old logo and the old pants? They'll never provide me new pants." (laughs) Um. Speaking of the Earth of former Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Nikita Sashnikov is a player that we traded for with a fourth round pick. Uh, we got a little bit of a Twitter debate, I guess, this week about uh, an article that St. Louis Game Time put out there about him and his agent, more his agent than him, rumoring, hinting at uh, him possibly returning to the KHL if he isn't insured certain playing time and things like that. Um, My argument essentially was that we should really try to keep Nikita (laughs) Sashnikov. Uh, For one thing, you did give up a fourth-round pick for him, and he only played a a handful of games here last year, and I think um, it wasn't enough time to really tell what you might have in him. I think he has the ability to be a really a real fire starter energy type player and a good penalty killer because mm-hmm. Mike Babcock trusted him as that. And Mike Babcock doesn't trust anybody to kill penalties. <laughs> so um, the big issue against Sashnikov is just health. And I think, uh, didn't Dangle say in his trade review that he checks brain first or yeah. whatever. Um, yep. And, so he's got concussion issues and some other nagging thing, back or shoulder or something. And that's a problem, You, but maybe it's a problem that goes away. You know, maybe you tell him to stop hitting with his head and he becomes a good player. I just think it's too early to give up on him unless he's demanding like a Vladimir Sabotka contract or something, in which case keep his rights and let him go and then, you know, fill the fourth line roles. But of the guys, of the probably nine or ten guys we have that could be third, fourth line guys right now, I don't think I'd rather us keep any of them besides Kyle Brodziak more than I would him. Uh, But that's just me. I don't know. How do you feel about Nikita Sasha? Yeah. I'd like to keep him, but also if he leaves, that's just one less body yeah. to have to mess yeah, around in the, the, end of the bottom world, six. It's not the worst, but you're right. I think there feels like there's more promise with him mm-hmm. as opposed to a few other players we got, you know, toiling around down there. Yeah. I think he had some sort of thing in his contract last year with the Maple Leafs where he had to play a certain number of games. Otherwise, he could exercise some right to, like, just bolt to the KHL. So that's kind of why... They ended up playing him towards the end, probably mm-hmm. also to sort of, um, you know, showcase him for a trade. But 
I'd like to keep him just because, like you said, you don't want to give up a fourth for nothing. It's just a fourth, but it's like we only saw, what, maybe 15 games out of him? That might even be too much. I think not even yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I'd say, yeah, 10 might be what he's at if that. I think he's got something to give, and I think having a PK player, especially a younger guy, would be nice, like you said. So I'd love to see him stay if he doesn't, you know, small rice, I guess. Exactly. Small rice indeed. Uh, he played 12 games for us last year, which I would not have believed, honestly. Yeah, I don't think I would have either. Um, so uh, we mentioned the Blues Summer Sale. What we did not mention is that that is probably the last event you or I will ever attend at the Scott Trade Center. Oh, yeah. So named, because this week the Blues announced what I think had been expected for a while, uh, that the naming rights for the for the building formerly known as the Scott Trade Center and before that, of course, the Savas Center, and before that, of course, the Keel Center, is now going to be the Enterprise Center uh, in a deal that Enterprise agreed on for the next 15 years, which is a long wow. time. I'll be 42. <laughs> oh, wow. Don't start saying stuff like that. Um, Christ. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we Scott Trade was bought out this year by TD Ameritrade, so we knew that was probably changing, at least, to TD Ameritrade, but they for, foregoed, forwent the rights. <laughs> uh, and Enterprise built bought it. I think that's an awesome improvement just for name recognition value because people know what Enterprise is, and that doesn't really matter. But I'd rather have Enterprise invested in the building and wanting to sponsor events at the building and putting their name all over the building mm-hmm. than Scott Trade, which is a company you've never heard of. Um, yeah, I, the only thing is that Enterprise Arena sounds better, but I guess they'd all been yeah. centers this far, and maybe it's technically a center and not an arena, but I, I don't know if that. there's a weird reason. Um, but I could believe that because it's like, oh, no, this is... An amphitheater, not a theater, you name yeah. or whatever, you know. <laughs> How but. dare you not know about this architectural <laughs> naming that we have going on? Yeah, but what do you think about the changeover to the Enterprise Center? That's fine. I'm just calling it the EC. I'm heading down to the there EC, baby. I love it. Is that it? Oh, no, that's <laughs> I got done? no thoughts cool, on this. Cool. Uh, Robert <laughs> Thomas had a lengthy interview on the Thirty One Thoughts podcast this week, which you should check out. And we're not even going to talk that much about it. I thought he sounded personable and engaging and smart. Nothing. He didn't say. You know. Uh, I really think you know President Trump's great or anything controversial that would make <laughs> people hate him, but. Not that President Trump isn't great. You know, have your own opinion on that. But You make up your uh, mind. <laughs> you know, he didn't say people are terrible or anything. He sounded cool. Except the thing he said that was awful and will need to be corrected was... was it, are you want to say it? Or was, it uh, was it euthanized the poor? <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was it. He almost said it. And here we go. Uh, <laughs> so on to the next segment. No. Uh, he was asked who his favorite trade player was, and he said Jonathan Taves, which is problem, problematic for a number of reasons, not the least of which is you're a St. Louis Blue now and you hate Jonathan Taves because those are the rules. But also, Jonathan Taves is like the most vanilla player on earth to mm. look up to. Um, Say Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> like, yeah, I whatever. don't know. Say something boring. But it was a cool interview. They talked a lot about... Um, the Memorial Cup, which he's in right now. I forgot his team won last year. 
They did when he was in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he would be on a very, very short list of players to win it twice with two different teams because I think you can pretty much only win it twice, right? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it was just an interesting interview. He talked a little bit, a little bit about uh, billet families, which is the... Um, basically if you're a junior hockey player and you're drafted to a team that's nowhere near home, you just like, like a foreign exchange student would, you just live with an adoptive family Mm. basically. Uh, so it's interesting. I think for, you should check it out if you're interested in Robert Thomas. Uh, it's a fun interview. I know there's one point he made in there that, um, really stuck out to me that I wanted to mention, but I cannot for the life of me remember what it is. So um, I will forego discussing it. Uh, you have anything else? I thought add? it was cool that he watched, uh, he said he likes watching like uh, videotape on other players and stuff. Yeah. Tries to pick up sort of things he admires about him and mm-hmm. try and sort of add it to his game. He was talking a lot about Connor McDavid being able to stop and start on a dime. And playing with, Connor McDavid, yeah. too. And apparently he's pretty close friends with the Kachuk family. Mm-hmm. I guess he's about, I guess he's a year older than Brady and a year younger than Matthew or whatever, but uh, that was cool to hear him talk about, and he said probably Keith was a big factor in getting him here, uh, which would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, current standings in the Memorial Cup, by the way, Regina, uh, Hamilton, and Akati Bothurst, which, by the way, quick... <laughs> Quick rant on this, because last week we were talking about how there's no way we could pronounce Akati Bathurst, and how, you know, it's it's a Quebec city, so it must be pronounced in some god-awful New way. New Brunswick. And we were just, oh, is it in New Brunswick? Yeah. Well, if I'd only known. And it must be pronounced <laughs> in some god-awful, impronounceable way, and that we were just going to say Titan, because that was the word we knew. And uh, of course, that's the word of we did not freaking know. course, I'm not watching more than seven seconds of... A uh, one of these Memorial Cup games before they say the Akati Bathurst Teton. So of course, in the most predictably Quebecer fashion, the Akati <laughs> Bathurst is pronounced exactly as it's spelled, and Titan is pronounced like the mountain range in Montana or wherever the Tetons are. But uh, <laughs> it made me so angry. But anyway, Regina, uh, the the Bulldogs and the Teton all have four points. And the Swift Current Broncos, who I think were supposed to be pretty decent, are currently winless. Um, wow. Huh. And have no points. So I guess it says Hamilton is uh, in second place right now, which I don't understand because I don't know what the tiebreaker would be. But um, keep you posted on that as they go forward. They've all played three games. So I guess that that should be the end of the round robin. It's over. Uh, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure that out for you. So I think if two are tied, they might have to play like a tiebreaker yeah, game. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but in any case, um, it looks like at least uh, both uh, Robert Thomas and Evan Fitzpatrick have made decent showings for themselves. And the Regina Pats, who are the home team and just get to play because it's close, uh, <laughs> are also doing well. Um, do you want to talk about our trade segment, or do you want to do the playoffs first? Let's... I think we should do... Hmm, I think we should do playoffs. Playoffs? Sorry, I was just... I had that queued up. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> um, we're in the weirdest possible timeline. 
Mm-hmm. By far. So many great tweets this week. It's hard to give any person Tweet of the Week, although I do have one lined up, a couple lined up. But uh, I saw somebody, uh, Dave Lozo, tweeted, Vegas, Washington, a Stanley Cup final involving one team nobody ever dreamed could get that far, and Vegas, which I think was, you know, it pretty much sums it up. And somebody else, of course, said uh, something to the effect of, oh, the NHL finals feature a, t- a city full of greed and corruption and also the Vegas Golden Knights. So it's it's fun. It's a fun series. Uh, but yeah, we've got a lot to talk about, so let's just talk about the two series. Vegas beats the overpowered, incredible Winnipeg Jets in five games because, of course, because, mm-hmm. of course, they do. <laughs> of course, they beat them 4-1 to one on a game-winning goal. Or not 4-1. to one, I mean, 4-1 to one in the series. The mm-hmm. final game was 2-1 to one on a game-winning goal by who else but Ryan Rees. Uh, redirecting a shot from, like, Derek England or some god-awful player who wouldn't be <laughs> in the NHL but for this team. We've, 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 we've waxed poetic about Vegas in the past. I don't think there's any more, like we can say about how unbelievable it is that we haven't already said. But what do you think about this? What are your thoughts? What do you <laughs> want to say? I'm, I was really on the Jets bandwagon there, and I still kind of was throughout the series, but every with every win Vegas had, I was like, you know what? This is my team now, because this is just fun. This is hilarious. This is fun. This has never been done before. I really didn't think if Vegas won that it was going to be in five games. It was like going to be a seven-game series, but somehow they managed to make it five games. I mean, Winnipeg looked kind of tired, which I can understand because it's a lot of inexperienced players over there playoff-wise, but I just don't understand how Vegas keeps going and going and going because they've played like this all year long. This is like the Blues back in 2012 when they played like playoff hockey all year. And they played pretty good, and they got tired out because they played playoff hockey all year. And now Vegas is doing the same thing, but it just doesn't end. They just keep going and going and going, and somehow having really just, like, one scoring line is good enough, and mm-hmm. they keep scoring. Uh-huh. And they keep scoring on the transition every game. Like, it's as if, like, no one's learned to not give them an odd man rush. I know it's hard. I know you, you can try your best, but sometimes it happens. But it... I watch them beat the Kings the same way they beat the Sharks, the same way they beat the Jets. And this is the one thing where people, I saw a tweet when the Capitals beat the Lightning. They said, well, it's the Capitals' year. And I go, except Vegas is there. And Vegas just does weird stuff. They just I, keep we're going. We're still writing them off, though, right? Like, we're still saying, oh, oh the Capitals have to win now. Which has never been the story <laughs> Ever before, which is why this is so ridiculous. It's like if the Capitals were in the final against any other team, people would be like, oh, the Capitals finally got there and they've got to play Nashville and get steamrolled, Mm -hmm. right? Sorry, go ahead. No, but that's what's weird. That's exactly how I feel. Even though it's Vegas and it's silly, I still feel like, oh, man, it's too bad the Capitals have to play the Vegas Golden Knights. But, But, like, to me, that's a more realistic narrative than the other one. Like, mm-hmm. it's more realistic to me to say that than it is to say, well, Washington, it's their year. Oh, yeah. You no. know, because I how s- is it their year the way this s- team is playing? I some, don't understand. Somehow I still don't believe that Washington will win the Stanley I- Cup. 
<laughs> I believe Vegas will win it before Washington. Oh my god. Oh, we weren't supposed to talk about the matchup. We've touched on it. I mean, just this series, you know, the, the, Winnipeg wasn't dominated in this series. They should have won game four. They could have won mm. game five. It could have been three to one Winnipeg after five games. Yeah, they but didn't. No, it couldn't have because that doesn't <laughs> add up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Three Man. to two. Uh, Robert Thomas said his favorite subject was math. Mine Good kid. was not. Uh, well, Lina only had two goals this uh, this series. What Connor did B have? Who made it? There's more stats, but who cares? Uh, <laughs> Connor had one. Little Wheeler, Stasny, Ehlers. Look, Mark Scheifler at zero. set a record for most road goals in the playoffs, and it didn't even get deep into the third round. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he. It's weird to think, but he offensively, especially after that first round against the Wild, definitely carried this team. And it was Connor Hellebeck too playing really good hockey, which kind of is another thing to why they kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. Was Hellebuck sort of returned to earth? He had a point nine oh six save percentage this series, two point six six goals against average. There were there were a couple goals that the defense could have you know done better on for, you know, odd man rushes and a few things like that, keeping guys out of in front of Connor Hellebuck. But also there was at least, I can think of three goals off the top of my head that Hellebuck probably should have had. There's at least one where, I want to say at least one, maybe two of them where um, the Jets scored and then Hellebuck let in a stinker like less than a minute later. And that's such a morale killer no matter whether you're on the road whether you're at home in the playoffs it just gets to you and i think and that's that's a real shame because connor hellebuck is what changed this team from a team that missed the playoffs last year because of their piss poor goaltending mm-hmm. basically to a team that we thought of as probably the front runner out of these four possibly for the stanley cup um but you know it shows how quickly on a dime goaltending can turn on Mm -hmm. you and it shows more than anything how frigging absolutely all important goaltending is you cannot i mean you just can't win the stanley cup anymore without at least a reliable goaltender Mm -hmm. you don't have to have the mark andre Fleury who's winning games on his own but you have to have somebody back there who's not gonna jake allen you yeah no offense to him (laughs) but that's a, a metaphor you all get and just let in the stinker. Even if he makes a hundred amazing saves, he can't. You can't have one terrible one in the whole playoffs, or it just buzz kills you. I think you can have. You don't have to have an amazing goalie to win the Stanley Cup, but amazing, an amazing goalie can win you yeah, the Stanley for Cup for sure, for sure. And one's about to. Yeah. Flurry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Winnipeg, I. You do you know, do anything? I don't think so. Do you just leave I, it untouched? And I think they talked about on Dangle a little bit how the the Jets team almost didn't seem that upset, relatively speaking, mm-hmm. post-game. Um, not the way Steven Stamkos seemed in like a 10-minute interview I watched with him where it was just like, please stop asking him questions and let him go die. <laughs> but... I, yeah, I mean, what do you do? I think I really think, and I would never support this if I was a Blues fan, but I really think you just admit to yourself you stepped in the way of a destiny train, mm-hmm. and it hits you, and you are fine, and you just need to reload. I mean, 
should they improve their defensive core? Sure. Like, I yeah, don't do options. nothing, but like, <laughs> I don't think they need to panic or anything at all. I would, I would be more concerned if I was the Predators than I would be mm-hmm. the Jets because the Predators disappointed their expectations this year and didn't lose to the team of destiny and got beat from behind by Winnipeg. Winnipeg got steamrolled by the unstoppable force that is the Vegas Golden Knights. And if I was uh, Kevin Shovel Day off, I would just look at that and be like, what are you going to do? Like, literally, what are you going to do? They're doing the impossible. I think that wasn't that the call at the end of this game. The impossible has happened or welcome to impossible or whatever. It's like they are doing what nobody thought was possible. And I think you wanted to talk about it a little more. I know we've talked about it several times, but the the complaining that increases every round about how unfair the expansion draft was. Did you want to touch on that or do you want to say no, it? No, let's do it now cuz okay. I thought about the order. You asked me what order we should do things in. I messed up. It should have been <laughs> the other way around, but it's totally fine because I think this fits in better here. Yeah, I saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about how it was unfair that Vegas has gotten this far. And if you're coming at that thought from a very self-deprecating area where you're like, man, the Blues haven't been to the finals in like 47 years and they haven't won a cup in 51 years. This sucks. I'm with you 100%. Are we Are we just launching into the five-minute major? Oh, yeah. Right okay. Yeah, yeah. Folks, this is the return of the long-awaited five-minute major. I know you I know you missed it, yeah. and you wanted it, and here it is, folks. We're just going to go crazy We didn't. Or- we organized the first half of this podcast. The second half is just a trainer. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if that's where you're coming from is like, oh, you know, shitty old blues, where you kind of like hate on the blues. If it's an shucks, yeah. sort of, then fine. Cool beans. I'm it. with you 100%. I'm not blind to that. But if it's from a point of, like, this is unfair, I haven't read, and this is just random people on Twitter saying this was an embarrassment to the league. Oh, no. This is, the league loves this. Honey, this is the best thing that's happened to the (laughs) NHL since friggin' Wayne Gretzky was bored. I'm telling you. I'm sure everyone has said this before, but to quote John Mulaney, the league wants more money. Yeah. They want that money. <laughs> and Vegas is getting them that money. More money. Yeah. It's, I don't even know. Where to start is the fact that when this team had the expansion draft, and you and I looked at it, and they're like, that's pretty good. You got James Neal, got Jonathan Marcheseau, who had one thirty goal season, but was pretty impressive last year. And David Braun, who we know. And then just who's a, fine? Who's fine? He's a fine player. I, I I'd love to. Go, we should go back before next week and re-listen to our like Western Conference mm-hmm. episode or Western Conference our our Pacific Division episode because I think what we probably said was this team has a, a a handful of top six. They probably had three or four top six guys and ten fourth liners. Yeah, and then there's nothing and nothing on defense and a great goalie. Mm. Who's going to be on an island out there? You have like Nate Schmidt on defense, and the rest of them are like Lucas Spiza, who's like a nothing. You have Jason Garrison, who Lucas played Spie- like 10 Lucas games. Lucas Spiza, 
who's so bad the Canucks didn't said, want him. please take him from the us. The Canucks were like, oh, yeah, get rid of that friggin' guy. Yeah. You have Derek England, who's only there because he's from Vegas. Mm-hmm. He's not a good hockey no. player. <laughs> Where, they got him from what? Calgary, Calgary. Oh, there were way better options oh, in Calgary. Oh, 100%. For sure. And they just completely said, well, we'll take the Vegas guy, which, you know, props to them, but, like, they did the best. They did kind of the best they could, and I'll admit that their drafting rules for the expansion draft the best, the best ever thus far in an expansion draft for a team like that. Now that's also like saying the best shit to eat is dog shit. <laughs> it's still shit. Their expansion draft rules still don't favor them that much. What you're seeing now is a great coach and just like magic. This mm-hmm. is just magic that's happening. And you need to enjoy that magic because I get it. It's their first time. The Blues haven't been there in forever. I understand the viewpoint. But it doesn't like when it's been 51 years for the Blues, at least for me, maybe in my young 28, 27 year old mind, it doesn't matter anymore. The, blue, the chances of Blues win the Cup next year or the year after that or the year after that is 1 in 31 or 32, you know, depending on what their talent level is. It's. It's a crapshoot. Yeah. It's just a crapshoot. And maybe one day they will, maybe one day they won't. So I don't care that this team is brand new and is there. That doesn't mean anything to me as a Blues fan. It means fun for me. It also kind of means, like, look, anything can happen, too. That's how I like to look at it. I I could really go on this. I'm trying to hold myself in a little bit. Oh, no, bit. don't. It's uh, <laughs> so... Stupid. <laughs> I think so the other thing. Stupid. I think the other thing is too. The point about the roster is that this roster they have now in the playoffs is most certainly the best roster they've iced. Yes. With Tatar and Reeves and Carpenter, these are all trades. Or like, I think Carpenter's like a and or no, they got him off waivers. And I still don't think their roster is that good on paper. Before they played, uh, what's his name? Carlson? John Carlson? No. Something Carlson, not Eric Carlson. Not William Carlson. William Carlson. Oh, you got it. Third time's a like, charm. You're talking about a different Carlson. There's like from only the three that I know as a Carlson. Yeah, William Carlson had six goals in his whole NHL career, which was like at least two and he years. Was given to the, that's the thing about this. The people say the expansion draft was unfair. All of the players. All of the players that are good on this team were given to them as incentive for them to take someone else or not take someone mm-hmm. else. Marc-Andre Fleury was given to them along with the Penguins' second-round draft pick for them to not touch Matt Murray and for them to take the salary dump of whatever Marc-Andre Fleury's $5.7 million, which is a nice price to pay for the Con Smythe winner, <laughs> which is what he's going to be. William Carlson was here. Take this decent prospect who's never done crap in this league to take the David Clarkson contract. Florida, we all know they're the worst of all. They give you <laughs> Jonathan Mercer show for no reason to make you take Riley Smith and protect people on that team who are less good than either of those players. James Neal and arguably to our discredit, David Perron are the only players on their team who were, A, considered almost iceable assets, but let's mm-hmm. say top nine, top six assets. Well, those were the two that were going to get traded for sure if they stuck. Right, and that's they were the, the other best. thing. 
And they were U. They were both UFAs after this year. I mean, they both still are. Mm-hmm. They're both UFAs after this year. Predators are deeper than a cavern in hell. So <laughs> they just had to let. I mean, James Neal was the UFA. It didn't hurt them too bad to let him go. They just had to let him go. David Perron. We can have a discussion. Obviously, in hindsight, they should have left Saboka or Bergwind unprotected. For sure, we get that. But at the same time, you lost one guy of a one year of a guy's services, and all of our fans out there hated David Perron after the playoffs, like they do every year, which is fine. He's gone. That's okay. But everyone else on this team was a reject. And the thing about Vegas that is frustrating, it, that it, it makes me mad that people don't see this, is they just try harder than everyone mm-hmm. else. They just work harder. They skate harder they play harder they hit harder whatever they do they are doing it with more intensity and more effort than the other team is putting forward because they have to Mm -hmm. because they're not good enough they're still not good i mean they're still they are not better (laughs) on paper than any of the teams they've beaten Mm -hmm. including all the way back to the los angeles kings Maybe on paper they're better than the Kings if you're giving them what they gave this season as, like, the new normal for those players, which I'm not conceding to. (laughs) But they're certainly not better than the Sharks or the Jets or the Capitals or the Lightning or the Predators or any of those (laughs) other teams. And... It's uh, it's just it's so frustrating. And on the other side, there there's two other sides I want to talk about. If <laughs> if you're out there, and you're like, oh, I'm I'm a Blues fan who's rooting for the Knights because this is a cool story. Fine. Again, this doesn't apply to you. Don't be offended. But if you're one of these people I've seen, and I've I've seen a lot of you, where you're <laughs> like, the Knights are my second team now. No, no, no. No, just because they're in a cool city. <laughs> Do I have the crazy eyes <laughs> right now? Just because they're in a cool city and they're a cool story, you don't just get to enjoy this like it's your own team. That's not how this works. Don't cheapen what will never ultimately happen with the Blues by accepting it from somebody else. But more importantly, the, all of this that we're saying applies in a different way to the Capitals, who is, which is who we're about to talk about. Because there's a lot of this same bitterness about the fact that the Capitals are in the, in the finals now, too. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, why? Why? They're, they're us. If you, could, if you should celebrate anyone making it to the finals as a Blues fan, mm-hmm. it should be the Capitals. Because it's like your brother in suffering, you know? It's like if, if, you're, if you're locked in a cell, in jail, wrongfully accused, <laughs> with another person who's wrongfully accused for 35 years, and you fight one time a year, but the rest of the time you get along with each other, and occasionally you give him, like... A toothpick, and he gives you like a playing card that you're missing from your deck or whatever. You make trades occasionally, whatever. And he goes out of the prison. It's going to be a little bittersweet, but you shouldn't be like, I hate that man now because he got his freedom. You should just want your freedom. Just want what's <laughs> right for you. And that's the Washington Capitals. If you can look at the joy Alex Ovechkin showed. I mean, this is a grown-ass man. He's like a 33-year-old Russian 
man who has scored 600 goals in the foremost professional hockey league in the world. He's arguably the second most prolific scorer, goal scorer in the history of hockey. And he was reduced to, like, childlike antics of, like, tackling his teammates and grinning from ear to ear. If you can look at that and, like, poo-poo that because shame on the Blues or because shame on the Capitals for doing what the Blues couldn't do, I think there might be something wrong with you (laughs) mentally. And that's what I have to say. I have lots more to say, but this has been way beyond five minutes already. Oh, it always is. And I'll continue to get riled up, I'm sure. Did you have more to say? I didn't mean to just steamroll your segment, but it is a five-minute No, no, we were talking about sharing it. I, I don't know. Just, like, have fun. The, the Blues, the, the blues the could not thing, win the cup for forever. you got to find joy in something. The other thing about this that's really frustrating is, like, we sucked this year. We didn't suck, but we weren't, like, we weren't a playoff team from the hop. We had the one good month, and then for five months, we were bad enough to undo the good month and a half we had. Mm -hmm. So, like, if if the Knights had beaten us in, like, a tooth and nails series where, like, Ryan Reeves had, like, cross-checked Braden Shen against the board against the boards and, like, ended his series and they'd beaten us on, like, a crappy missed call Mm. in Game 7. Fine, hate the Knights. Go nuts. But this wasn't our year anyway. I know. What do you have against these teams? Yeah, I mean, it's like... These are such non-teams to the Blues. It's exactly. It's like getting really mad about somebody winning... I mean, I know people have different NFL teams now. But it's like getting really mad about some random team winning the Super Bowl other than the Rams or the Patriots, who mm-hmm. are just awful. But it's like, that's not, you don't have a, you don't have a, that's not a thing. Just mm-hmm. get over it, you oh, know? Before we, before we go off the, well, we're already off the rails. <laughs> before we get back on the rails, I guess. Um, but what about when, like, former blue Lars Eller hoists the cup? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me, because I really, oh, my God. There are three former blues in this series. TJ Oshie, <laughs> Ryan Reeves, and David Perron. David Perron, two-time former blue. He's extra So that's former. why they'll win. He's decided to be <laughs> oh, a blue yeah. twice. Good point. I've seen several... People. One of them was Randy Carricker on 101 ESPN, who I usually like. Who, like. Damn it, Randy. <laughs> who Jeremy Rutherford tweeted something about, oh, so the finals will be Reeves and Perron versus Oshi as the former Blues. Mm-hmm. And Randy Carricker subtweeted him and replied and was like, Oshi and Eller. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Lars Eller legitimately, I can't remember the number, it was either 12 or 7. He either played 12 or 7 games in a Blues <laughs> uniform. And then we traded him for Yaroslav Halak, which is a deal I would still do. I, I, if I had those two assets today, if I had Lars Eller on my team today on the Blues, I might still trade him for today's Yaroslav Halak. <laughs> That's a good point. But certainly I would redo that trade every day mm-hmm. of the week. Because Eller has never been more than an okay third liner, and Halak was like our our franchise goalie for we, four years. We had Chris Mason before that. 
you don't remember how dark the Yaroslav Halak was a if godsend. You're, if you're if you're out here fat checking Lars Zeller, you do not remember how dark it was in the Chris Mason years. Bye, Lars. It's just like I mean, if, if like Phoenix Copley's in their organization, mm. we he was traded to us and then traded back for no reason. Is that not like a pit? You know, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure somebody on this team was drafted on one of these teams was drafted by a pick we traded to them. Well, not on the biggest nights, God, <laughs> God knows. But or like was t- t- drafted with one of our picks originally. Like we traded a pick to Edmonton and they drafted. You know, I don't know. I'm just literally just making up names. But Tom Wilson and then Tom Wilson became a friggin' capital, you know, I mean, you don't have to, my point here is really, you don't have to compound our suffering. Yeah. Our suffering is bad enough without the Lars Eller footnote. In the this the former blue thing is always crap because there's tons of former players off of other teams that you don't know about and don't care about that right. are on those and, teams, too. And there's too. such a difference between, like, we traded Reeves to get a first-round pick to the Penguins, and then the Penguins traded him to the Vegas Knights for them to eat salary for, uh, what, I can't oh, even Broussard. think of his name, Derek Broussard, who they're paying more than Ryan Reeves. Mm-hmm. And that, like, that's not us. That's not, like, former Blue. And plus, as much as Ryan Reeves scored the game-winning goal, and he's not the centerpiece of the friggin'... Vegas Knights, there's such a difference between, like, Brendan Shanahan, former blue, Rob Brendamore, former blue, where it's like, ugh, how did we let those guys get away? Versus, like, I know how we let David Perron get away. He was a 40-point mm-hmm. player when we had him, and he disappeared during the playoffs. Which, by the way, he's still done. He's, <laughs> he's still done, hasn't done for the Stanley Cup approaching Golden Knights. But... Uh, yeah, it's oh, BT, I could, yeah, I, I was, could go all day. Even TJ Oshie, yeah, BT we, Dubs. Look at that dude's playoff record with us, TJ Oshie. Yeah, Different it, player now, but there's a reason we traded also him. Also, BT Dubs, we all wanted him gone. We I, wanted him I gone did. so badly. If you didn't want him gone, it's because you had a crush on him, and that's fine. We all had a crush on the, him. The trade, the trade was iffy. The, the tr- actual trade. In hindsight, the trade at, at the time we were like. Mm, yeah. <laughs> then it was okay when Brower was doing well. When he was slapping three times at the puck and <laughs> yeah. knocking it in the net. Now not so great. But I still think trading TJ Oshie had to happen. We trade we basically traded TJ Oshie for one year of Troy Brower and to move up two picks in the first round to get Tage Thompson. Yeah. Which is fine because Tage Thompson was the last decent player picked in the first round. So good. But uh yeah, it's just just get over the blues are the center of the universe a little bit mm. because they're not. <laughs> Just be comfortable in your misery. I feel like I am at this point. No one can look at me and be like, well, blues never won a cup. Like, I know. It's just whatever. I'm kind of embracing like, the whole Cubs yeah, of hockey you can't thing. Trash whatever. Talk as a Blues fan. I don't care, man. It's like there's a difference between it just accepting it and becoming complacent, mm-hmm. but also just like realize, you mm-hmm. know, if like if you if you have if you have whatever you know if if this is your lot in life, just accept it. And if you break out of it, wonderful. But don't just make the days more miserable. <laughs> You're trying to find reasons yeah, to be upset. Yeah, exactly. And there's plenty there. There's plenty. It's, oh, yeah. Just, plenty. Wa- just watch the team in front of you. <laughs> the real team. Yeah. And you can be upset about that all day. Yeah. It's uh. always like, <laughs> I think of it like political debates where it's like, well, this person did this thing 
in Colorado in 2002. And I'm like, why aren't you talking about the bad policies he or she is making today? Now, like, there's plenty to discuss we, without just making up stories. Sabuka's still on <laughs> this team. Oh, that that should have been the tweet for, like, the Caps are in against Vegas. Like, yeah, but people forget Sabuka <laughs> is still on the Blues, which is the real misery. Uh, so, yeah, so we've talked about the playoffs. Uh, cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Playoff prediction. Well, first of all, oh yeah, we didn't really talk about the Washington Lightning series, <laughs> which is incredible. How? How did they? How? How did the Washington Capitals, after being up two to nothing, and then going down three to two, how did they of all teams win Game Seven uh-huh. in Tampa Bay and shut out Tampa Bay for two straight games to win that series? When we did the last episode, Tampa just won two in a row, right? Uh-huh. So it was all tied up because uh-huh. it tied up that night. And you and I both said, like, oh, it's just, it's, it's pretty much over. And yep. especially if Tampa wins game five. And they did. And it was unbelievable. Both of those games were unbelievably that they won. I can't believe that the Capitals won a game seven in Tampa Bay. Can't believe Tampa Bay didn't score any goals. <laughs> Tampa Bay, whose whole thing is scoring goals. Yeah. I think Washington's just a. It's weird to say because I don't think of them as this, but or is a more physical team than Tampa, and they definitely showed it in Game Six and Seven. I think they found out like, oh well, let's just beat the hell out of them, and they did. I don't know if you saw in Game Seven, some Lightning player tried to hit Tom Wilson, and Tom Wilson just stood there, and this dude like plummeted to the ice. And I was like, oh, no. That was no. the one thing TJ Oshie used to do that would just make you... That was fun to watch. Than a diamond in <laughs> it was ridiculous. And I was like, that was pretty much a metaphor of this game, was like the lightning constantly tried. <laughs> just bouncing and off yeah, just the bang, wall. Bang. That was, and they missed so many wide open chances for that. I didn't catch the whole game, but I did catch the period where it was one nothing. but the second had just started. I think it was one nothing yeah. at the start of the second. And they missed a ton of opportunities, and then... Ovechkin made it, or whoever made it two to nothing, and then they missed another one that was just wide open. Friggin' Yanni Gord, friggin' I, Laurel Gord. Yeah, I saw someone <laughs> said Yanni Gord missed that net so terribly that he's gonna change his name to Laurel. <laughs> I also saw one, and we don't have to talk about this. That said Yanni Gord uh, missed the net that he released a statement, and he goes, "A video is gonna come out of me missing this net, and I hope people will stand by me in this trying time." <laughs> It was bad. His misnet oh, was bad. Exactly. Oh, it was so bad. This, uh, this, this. Uh, so we're down to two teams now. A lightning. I don't know that they do anything. Either. I was gonna say they're kind of the jet situation where you don't. But I also kind of think you can improve their back end. I think was their window a little smaller? Like the Jets is opening. <laughs> The the lightning's window is smaller if only because they have their strength in is now is in numbers, mm-hmm. but all of those guys are going to need contracts yeah. eventually, and so maybe they identify the right group and they're still a really good team for a long time. But like, they need to figure out who, and they could I, they could be a really active team because they've got so many assets, and if they decide, well, we need a. You know, a, a top four. We need Eric Carlson to make yeah, this they team. They it. could get him, but like trust in Steve Eiserman. Like I'm yeah. sure they'll be fine. The Eiser plan. No, that's the Shannon plan. Hey, you uh, got it. Eiserman, Eiser plan. 
Steve Eisenman sucked, and we all know it. He was a very bad NHL player. There's no highlights of him. He's no good, very bad NHL player, and everyone knows it. it. And that was a little that was a little dig because I have a friend named Chris Nation, who loved Steve Eisenman. So suck on that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so um, <laughs> Vegas, Washington, they're both teams of destiny. Yeah. Vegas will have home ice advantage. Hilarious. They didn't have home ice this time a year ago. <laughs> Who wins? <laughs> and in how many games? Oh, man. By the way, just I don't pat myself on the back very often. But when we did playoff predictions, I did have the Washington Capitals did in the you? Stanley Cup final. That's so. pure luck. <laughs> no one no one would be now, so stupid. I had them beating the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Look at that. So silly. <laughs> and I had them facing the Nashville Predators and losing, but I did have them there. I was right in the Western Conference for Jets and uh, Knights, but I had the Knights just... I had basically I'm flip-flopped. I was like, well, then the Knights run out of steam, and the Jets ran out of steam. <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. Like, this one's hard. This one's so hard. It shouldn't be, right? It shouldn't be. We already talked about this in both ways. Capitals against anyone else, Capitals lose, other team wins. Uh, you know, Knights v- against anyone, anyone else, else, it's Knights like a Knights, yeah, and like, I don't, I, I don't understand. I d- um, and I could also, I could see it going seven games of just knockdown, drag out, or I please. could see it be either team winning in four or five. Like, I, I need a I game d- seven in Vegas. I need, I it. cannot predict this one because it is utterly unpredictable. Vegas and six. That's mine. My Vegas only thought sucks. is Vegas has lost one home game all year, maybe. Maybe, or all, all playoffs. They've only lost three games. This playoff? I think so. Or wait, now they've played the Jets, and now it's four. They lost four games. No, no three games, because they swept the, the Kings. Yeah. Wow, they've lost three games. Three games! <laughs> uh, oh, my Lord. The nightmare scenario for me is the Capitals win, but it's in game seven. And uh, Mark Andre Fleury's goals against average is one point two, and his save percentage is nine point is point nine seven. And they're like, we've got to give him the Conn Smythe, so that all the Canadians can be like, well, Ovechkin won a cup, but he didn't win the Conn Smythe. <laughs> <laughs> and then I can still be two nothing, Sid. And that'll be the whole story. I love it. It's terrible. But what I do you got? It. You got it. Just just vomit it out. Vegas and six, because that's the that's the yes. meanest thing, because it's in it's in, it's Washington. in Washington. Oh yeah, that's exactly. And what it is. they hand Mark Andre Fleury the cup, and they're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this has happened to me." <laughs> Someone tweeted out that like they this have to beat George McPhee and Mark Andre Fleury. This this is also Blues fans. This is your future. This is how, it, if it ever happens, oh. this will be how it happens. I feel so bad the for frig- the friggin' fans. The friggin' Seattle stock uh, sock eyes will friggin' steal Doug Armstrong, and he'll trade not for Jake Allen. He'll, like, he'll get grizzled veteran Vladimir Tarasenko, and that'll be your final opponent. It'll just be like, how? Yeah. How? Or not even, uh, Corey Crawford. That'll be who will get. He'll oh, get God. Corey Crawford. Yeah. Oh, do you like capitals and, or uh, yeah, uh, knights and six? This knights is and six. this is like I don't a, want. I think I still want the capitals to win. 
I don't know. Like, I, I do. I, I do. I, I, I'm fine with either. Like, of all, yeah. I really expected this to be like a Bruins Predators or Penguins Predators final, final where I was like, just kill me. Now I'm like, either one, yippee, great. The league has to eat so much crap either way, but... Do, oh boy. Do you think Vegas winning is like I think Vegas winning is somehow and this is so sad to say, but it's like a bigger deal. Oh, I mean for it has sure. to be. And especially like outside the league too. This is when someone who watches football hears about this and will say, What? Like a like first year team won the whole thing? Like that's weird. But like if you hear the Capitals win, that's huge for that area. And I mean I think it's huge for a, a hockey fan, but no one else is gonna blink eye. Well plus like the Capitals they're not really the underdog in the sense that like, oh, they're a bad or unexpected team like the joke with the capitals is like they should have done this 10 years ago mm-hmm. and, and haven't ever you know so yeah it's oh who knows? mark andre Fleury is like that secret boss you don't know is in the game oh my like god, you beat yeah. the boss and then all of a sudden a the challenger emerges shows up and you're like oh my god no it's a silhouette and you're like i think that looks like ness but it's not ness it's like freaking lucas and you're like no oh. sorry that was my childhood <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah oh it's the final boss. It's the final test. Is it just going to play, like, intense video game music the whole time? I wish. Oh, that would be excellent. Uh, let's, let's talk about these trades. Let's move these these trades. Let's first touch on... Answer me this question. Paul Stastny is now a UN, unrestricted free agent. Give me a percentage that he is a <laughs> St. Louis Blue again next season. Oh. I'm going hard 40. Hard oh. 40. <laughs> hard. Man, I thought you were going to go real high for some reason. Um... Yeah, I'd say like twenty five percent. I would I'm say sitting, there is, which no, is kind of high. I, I think. would say there is no more likely destination for Paul Stastny. Like we need a center. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> I don't know if if all the pieces will fall into place for him to come back here, hmm. but. I, there's certainly not another team that's like, we're getting Paul Stastny, you know? Like, <laughs> the narrative is here, so why not? And I wouldn't even be up, like, if we lose the Tavares sweepstakes, here's the thing, folks, you gotta, you gotta have, have to have one. somebody. So, I'm giving them three years at $5.5 5 a year, or four years at $5 million. I don't think he goes... For under five, if he does, awesome. I say take it and run. Yeah. But I'm also not giving him over five and a half, uh-huh. period. One more tweet of the week I wanted to dish out to our our, our good friend Steve Dangle at the podcast, uh, uh, who 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 subtweeted our thread about Nikita Sashnikov, which was the highlight of our We're not worthy. Uh, <laughs> but he tweeted out uh, during, I guess, game uh, game seven sometime, but I guess during the second intermission or something, he, he tweets, lightning locker room, long silence. And then he says, John Cooper staring. Well? And Chris Kunitz. I don't know, man. We just kind of beat them, you know? <laughs> Which I thought was delightful. Uh, so moving on, let's talk about the four teams that we have to make up trades with this year, this week. And we've got the Columbus Blue Jackets first. Would you like to lead or shall I? Uh, you go for it. All right. This crappy trade is brought to you courtesy of nobody, because nobody would sponsor this. <laughs> uh, we trade. Columbus receives Villy Huso. Boo. And the first round pick from Winnipeg. And maybe a pick or a prospect. I don't know if I like this. For Eunice Corpasalo, who is... 
a highly considered goaltending prospect who's NHL ready and has been Sergei Bobrovsky's backup for a couple of years. And my belief here is St. Louis needs a solution at goalie. Uh, Jake Allen isn't it. <laughs> Corpusello <laughs> is a highly thought of prospect, as I said. Uh, but the Jackets obviously have Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, so Corpusello was left unprotected during the expansion draft which indicates that maybe they're willing to part with him, or at least they're not willing to part with Bobrovsky for free. And I think Huso still gives them a valuable prospect for the long term, but the Blues get a better immediate solution. I don't know how high the value on Corpusalo is, so maybe we don't give up the first-round pick. Maybe we just give Huso in a later pick or Huso in a prospect. But I think it would give us an option to be like, okay, this guy's fighting with Allen now mm-hmm. for the job. Without being like, okay, we've got to friggin' bankrupt this team by paying two goalies $9 million. So that was my thinking. It was a little off the rails, but that's what I had. So go for it. I say mine is the most coherent one I have. Oh, I have so many bad ones yeah. this week, by the way. Thanks, Tommy Hummel, for making us <laughs> This is very this hard. But very fun, but also yeah. very awful. <laughs> um, yeah, this is the most coherent one, so it starts off strong. So I've got Fabry. And a second round pick for Boone Jenner, which is probably a slight underpayment. Oh, baby. But maybe not. So you're trading essentially two left wings or slash centers, depending on where you want to play them. It's probably left wing um, for each other as kind of reclamation projects for both teams. I think Fabry is a higher upside, but he also has the injury history. Jenner had 30 goals and 49 points in 82 games in the 15 16 season, but his production has dipped in the last two seasons. 34 points two years ago, 32 points this past season. So not trending upward. Jenner is 24. He's an RFA with arbitration rights. So you'd be you'd kind of be getting somebody that you'd have to negotiate with. He made 2.9 million in the last two years, or for each of the last two years, and both of which were the underwhelming stat seasons. But he does wear an A for Columbus, so he's got some sort of character or leadership. So that's not to be. Uh, glossed over or anything. I'd be willing to give this guy maybe four years at $4 million each year. Mm-hmm. Uh, either he's slightly overpaid for his production or he returns to becoming a 40-50 point player and is well worth the contract is what would be the hope. He's probably, I would guess, going to arbitration with Columbus or, or us if we make this trade. And in which case it's probably like, I forget, like two years or something to be slightly overpaid. So again, I don't think he's got the upside of Fabry, but he's also has two functional knees. And uh has, Which is valuable in hockey yeah, third. That's very good. He uh I think he'd be an alright reclamation project. He's been shopped. That's been the word on the street around uh the trade deadline. I think they might still be willing to shop him this summer. It might be a little bit harder given that he's an RFA. But You'll see. I don't know. You'd have to wait and see. And that's the end of my good trade this week. <laughs> I like it. I like it. As you close want, as it gets. You want to take us to Oh, sure. Or... Let's just get this dumpster out of the way. <laughs> Mine's so bad. <laughs> um, if, I'm, if I'm trading Steen, just Steen to this team, who am I getting back? Jason Spezza, maybe? Oh, God, no. God, I'm not giving Steen for Jason Spezza. Okay. Ridiculous. I'm getting Alexander Randulov. Oh, nice. <laughs> why? Again, why would they do this? I I don't know. But, like, why not, though, is, <laughs> uh, is my argument. 
Um, I have Blues get a high-scoring right winger for their second line because you can put them on the second line behind Tarasenko. Uh, Dallas gets a Alex Dean. That, that's With, what they have. And they'll take him now because Hitchcock is it's off gone. that team. Well, he's not. But uh, whatever. He's like... He can't wait to get that guy in his clutches again. Oh, God. Oh, uh, okay. So my, how's yours? My trade's <laughs> even worse. I promise you it's even worse. On a different note, on a broader note, I looked at their cat-friendly page and it kind of scared the hell out of me because all the bad contracts they've had for years are kind of evaporating. And they've just got good players now. And there's rumors that Valeri Nechuskin's going to come back. So I'm scared. But um, <laughs> my trade would send them Vladimir Savoka and a 2018 fourth-round pick for Jason Spezza and a 2018 second-round pick. We get the second round? Huh? Continue. We get the second-rounder? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically... Uh, this move would only happen, this is the really gross part, in the event that Dallas made some substantial move, which tragically, in my mind, would probably mean they signed Jonathan Tavares, <laughs> which isn't going to happen, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, word on the street is that they're interested, like everyone else. <laughs> uh, the Blues would get a center who, while he had anemic production last year, still won like 55% of his face-offs, Maybe isn't as bad as the numbers suggested last year. Uh, but even if he is as bad as the numbers suggested last year, only on a one-year deal, you can eat the cap and survive. They give the Stars cap relief for next year to get the deal done in the front years of the new contract. But Savoka, they have to eat for longer. They have to just take that deal for longer. And then uh, we get a pick increase for the relatively higher money we're paying to Spezza for next year. It's twisted. It's weird. It's what I dreamt of. I'm sorry. They're a division rival. We're probably not trading with them. So if we were, it'd be something weird. <laughs> That's true. What are your thoughts? You get that an A+. Plus? Cool. So let's move on. <laughs> uh, Detroit one's kind of boring for me, but I think oh, kind so of mine. believable. And that would be as simple as they get Jake Allen, we get Jimmy Howard. Uh, my thinking what? here, My <laughs> thinking here is that this is one of the few goalie trades I think we could make. You might have to play with the fringes a little bit. But it's one of the few goalie trades that I think we could make that is somewhat realistic. I think the Blues are obviously fed up with Jake Allen. And we know that neither goalie is particularly strong right now. Uh, Howard is 34 um, but I think because the teams are in different places in their like approach for things, the Red Wings can take the flyer on Allen and sort of bide their time with him. If nothing comes of it, you've got a goalie for three years instead of for one year because Howard's a UFA after this year. Um, and, you know, you can groom whoever your next goalie is behind him, and maybe Jake Allen busts out of his weird midseason slump and you hit a home run with it, uh, but the Blues get the cap relief long-term with Allen and have at least a goalie here that you can, like, whether it's pairing him with Huso or whether it's pairing him with Hutton, whatever you want to do, you're at least not like, oh, we traded Jake Allen, now what do we do sort of situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, I think it's, it's believe, if, if there's any trade 
that's if there's any team that's believable partner for Jake Allen, I see the Red Wings as being one of them because of where they are and where we are and what their goalie situation is. Is it going to happen? Probably not. But hey, it might. So <laughs> that's what I've got. I think yours is more exciting than mine. At least that's like a cornerstone player. Yeah. Mine's just Patrick Berglund for Darren Helm. <laughs> Um, Explain. I, oh, Explain I've got yourself. nothing to say for this one. Okay. I believe Darren Helm gets paid pretty equivalent money, and I believe for almost the same term, I think a couple less years, so that would be the incentive for us. <laughs> I don't know why they would take him. I think Patrick Berglund's generally a better player. Uh-huh. So we'd be, getting a, we'd be getting a worse player for a smaller amount of time on the team. Nice. <laughs> would be what it is. As a, I'm sold. <laughs> as a side note, though, uh, the Red Wings have two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and three third-round picks. Oh, so uh, they're just going to be draft. next year. Yeah, that's an insane amount of picks. What is that? That's seven picks in the first three rounds. That's insanity. So, yeah, they could just be good next year. Interesting. All right. Edmonton. This is the fun one Ooh, I've because got a blockbuster. Uh, I for think Edmonton. I don't know if these particular trades will happen, but I do think Edmonton's most certainly like a trade partner for the Blues. I've got two. They both revolve around the same player for the Blues, but different players for Edmonton. So Let's do it. You got. Excited. <laughs> we hinted at one of these on the Twitter machine. This. No. Week. Yeah. You got Pareko. For Ryan Nugent Hopkins and a second round pick. So Edmonton gets a first pairing uh, right hand defenseman who's definitely a first pairing on their team. Uh, Blues get a reliable second line center. I think the Oilers value Pareko more than we value Ryan Nugent Hopkins, so that's why they're giving us the second round pick. Or you do Pareko and a second round pick. That was my poor drum roll. <laughs> for Leon Dreisidel. Boom, baby. For, and we give up the second. <laughs> we give up the second rounder for oh the same God. reason before. We gotta get dry saddle now just so we can tweet Sprechenzi Deutsch every time he's I mean, we can just do that anyways. <laughs> but no. Um, yeah, again, Edmonton gets their first pairing right hand defenseman. We get a bona fide first line center. We give up the second because we value dry saddle more than they value Pareko. Like I mentioned to uh, Stephen off the air, or there's the third wild card option, which is <laughs> too close to reality for some people. That we just trade Preco for Drysidle straight up, and it works because Peter Shirelli's a dumbass. <laughs> because that guy traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson and acted like so that was fair. I want to say, by the way, I'm very proud of our followers because we put out that poll. Mm-hmm. And said, which player would you rather have? And it was basically two to one dry saddle over Pareko. I love Colton Pareko. He's a great He's kid. He's a great friend. And and I don't fault you if you voted for Colton. But I know Colton's also the golden boy for this fan base right now because he's like, oh, he was like a fifth round pick and he's such a stud. And that's awesome. We score big. But dry saddle is a legit first right first line controlled young center the thing we've needed since bernie federko retired <laughs> and we gotta get one and that would be incredible so here's my positively phenomenally astronomically downright insane trade that would send the edmonton oilers hear me out Wait. i'll let you talk colton Pareko and 
I don't even want to say it. Vladimir Tarasenko. <laughs> that was Vladimir Tarasenko for those of you who couldn't hear in the back. For Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Kaylor Yamamoto, Jesse Puya Yarvi, and the tenth overall pick in 2018. Good God. Uh explain yourself. <laughs> I just I'm just saying every once in a while, there's a blockbuster trade in the NHL that nobody sees coming, that shakes both franchises to their core. And that's being talked about for years to come. And this will be <laughs> Is it possible? Probably not. Because for one thing, Blues fans going to be real upset if you trade Tarasenko and Pareko. Regardless. Mm-hmm. But there are a couple of things that I think make this at least plausible, if not likely. Certainly not likely. First, <laughs> it's been openly discussed that the Oilers are very high on Colton Pareko. Oh, super high. So that is a natural trade partnership, I really think. Second, Tarasenko is a game changer. And a score like that with Connor McDavid would just be incredible to watch. But I also think that the Blues get back just an ungodly amount of potential in this deal. And if you can swing it for Dreisaitl and take like one or one or two of those assets out, fine. But Kaylor Yamamoto is hugely thought of was a first round pick last year. Jesse Puyayarvi hasn't really caught on, but was like the fourth overall pick from two years ago, and it's a tenth overall pick this year. So would it be crazy? Yes. Is it going to happen? No. But I say a couple of these trades we make have to be like balls to the wall insanity. Yeah. Vegas is in the finals. Yeah. Anything can happen. This is the strangest timeline. Yeah. We can do whatever we want. There's no rules. You know what? I'd be down for that trade because I think you and I are of the same mind where sometimes... Like, I think Jeff Merrick said it best on, like, 31 Thoughts. Sometimes you just got to root for, like, chaos. Yeah. And that would be chaos. We that, wouldn't know what to do with yeah. ourselves. There'd be a po- we'd record a podcast after that, and there would be, like, 30 minutes of silence. And then we'd just go, what? <laughs> I promise you, if we sign John Tavares, we're going to start an episode far from the mics, but screaming. <laughs> and just yeah. go straight to the music. I think that's fair. And <laughs> um, with that said, I think we've covered all our business. There's only one last thing I need to say, which is this. The Champions League final is <laughs> You may not care, because soccer's a stupid it's sport. It's a laughing stock. No, I like I soccer. Get it. No, I wasn't saying you, you. I was saying the listener, our beloved listener. It's that's you and fine. me just talking right now. If you don't care... Send your good vibes into the air for Liverpool anyway. If you do care and you root for Real Madrid, we're not friends anymore. (laughs) But yes, uh, no, Liverpool play Real Madrid in the final this year. I know that Tommy Hummel and I are rooting hard for Liverpool, and you should be too. It will be amazing. I can't wait. I'm psyched. I'm stoked. Let's do it. Go Liverpool. You'll never walk alone and all that. Etc. <laughs> I'm more of an LA Galaxy kind of guy. Suck on <laughs> this. I'm only going to let the listeners imagine what I was referring to. Uh, yes, yeah, so please, I will be a much happier person if Liverpool win this Saturday, so please let it happen. Anything else you want to say? No, this one was crazy. It's going to be nuts. This week's insane. Friggin' Vegas and friggin' Washington. It's going to start on Monday. I'm psyched. Let's do it. Good night. Bye. <laughs>